Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland Preview Podcast. It truly has been a Sunland AFC week. Um, and it's almost easy to forget that we actually do have a game coming this weekend as we welcome Swansea City to the Stadium Light on Saturday. And when we play Swansea City, when we welcome Swansea City, I always welcome Luke from the Swans cast to, uh, to join me with his wonderful Welsh dulcet tones. Luke, how are we doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back on. See, I told you they were dulcet and lovely. Um, <laughs> as always, we start, you know, where we we always do. Most recent game, though, was a 3-1 defeat to Leicester City. Now, I feel like when teams play Leicester City as the most recent game, it's completely pointless asking. However, I dug into it a little bit because it looks like a routine defeat to the best side in the league that has an abundance of riches and they're just pointless than being in this league. But here we are. The stats actually indicate it was a little bit more even, Um but you are going to be the person that has the eye test. How was the game and how was the performance? Yeah, so um, I don't mean to correct, but we did play Leicester a couple of games ago. There's been a few since then, uh, but we did we did actually give Leicester a game. Um, but you're right to point out the fact of it being a difficult judge of our form. So if you look at our form on the whole, the last five games reads as five defeats and one win. If you want to extend back further, there's also an FA Cup defeat against Bournemouth. We've got smashed, I'll be honest. Um, and a defeat to Southampton. So we've played Southampton, Leicester, uh, Leeds, Hull and Ipswich in the last Oh yeah, I got games. that the wrong way around. Your last game was Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Jesus Christ, so G. Come just on. A, they've all been quite similar <laughs> themes though, excluding the Leeds game. The Leeds game was quite bad and we were very much second best in that game. But Leicester, we... We could see the stupid early goal where they kind of broke our high line and offside trap and got an early goal in. But after that, we grew into the game and ultimately in the second half looked like actually, you know what, we could perhaps get back into this. Um, but they they got a penalty that turned the game and they got a second goal and third straight after and maybe the three line. I don't I think two one would have been maybe more of a fair reflection or we could have perhaps got a draw. But it's a way of Leicester and you kind of it is what it is. Um, but yeah, the more recent game, which was Ipswich then. So we were home. Um, it is, it, the stats are very even, actually, if you look at the stats. I'm going to say I've saved shots. myself, haven't I? Because I've basically made a massive fuck up and I'm not going to edit that because I want to show yeah, that I'm human. Okay. However, if you look at the Ipswich game, the same yeah. why Top team, second off top, 15 shots yeah. each, more possession. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly the same sort of yeah. stats. And we did compete with them. I think, when you look at our shots, I know the shots stats is quite similar. They've got a few more on target. Ours was a little bit more of huffing and puffing with no reward, which is obvious, which is fine. You know, we got a new manager. We're looking at a new style and way of playing. The concern is the defence. So we conceded two goals and ultimately the first one, especially for me, is a little bit... You could say there's some fortune for Ipswich, the way that the ball broke and allowed their player to run through. But when you've seen that sort of goal happen three times in the last couple of games, in this, it might be a tough run of fixtures, but you've seen the same results. And we're playing a high defensive line. So essentially what's happening is one of the centre-backs is pushing up to mark someone tight near the halfway line, there or thereabouts. However he does it, the attacking player is flicking the ball on or reverse pass or run the corner or something to one of his players who then has an acre of space where that centre-back has vacated the back line, if that makes sense. So when you've got a Ben Cabango and a Nathan Wood for Swansea as the back two, they're not the quickest. 
uh, some teams have got some pacey forwards up there at the top half of the table. So they're running through this this gap that in this instance Ben Kabangu uh left. And from the halfway line to the goalkeeper, they're just running through on goal. It happened against Leicester, it happened against Leeds, it happened against Ipswich. And for me, it's a massive issue. We do look better. We look the signs are there that Swansea can change this form and kind of pull ourselves away from the bottom of the table. When you look at the team performance, we keep saying, you know, the second half against Southampton, we played really well. We we matched them in the second half. Second half against Leicester, we were really good. You know, we, we grew into the game. We lost 1-0 to Plymouth at home, but we should have won that game, you know. We kind of overall over them. Uh, we went up and got a good win against Hull. Leeds, let's just forget about that one. And, and, and Ipswich, we competed, you know, but it's a well and good competing for me when I see these defensive issues consistently happening. I just think the manager needs to address it and tweak some things there, but I don't think he's going to do it. I think that's the way he wants to play. That's the system he wants to do. And if he can get it working, that's fine. But week after week, you know, it's frustrating me that the defence has to be the, the priority. And when you're four points above the relegation zone, you start worrying when they're not really focusing on that area, you know? So, but yeah, being a tough run fixtures. I was going to say, because you're looking at the games and I may have getting them the wrong way around, but it's yeah. one win in five is what it is. Yeah. For clarity, it's you lose 3-1 to Leicester away, okay. You lose at home to Plymouth 1-0, okay. You go and win at Hull 1-0 away, really good result, holding quite well, chance of getting in the playoffs. You get smashed off Leeds, okay. You get narrowly beaten by Ipswich. So on paper, it looks bad. And then your position doesn't look great. Yeah, But I think when you come up against like Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, if they're sporadic across the season and you lose the games, you go, okay. Is there been enough throughout the five performances, considering who you've came up against, and you have got a win against a playoff chasing team there away from home? Is there enough to make you think, you know, um, this new guy might be getting it? Not right, but there's there's positives to be found. Yeah, there's there's definitely positives. If you asked me before any of those games, going back to his all of his, his stints, so he started in the league against Birmingham. He got a point away at Birmingham. They had a new manager at the same time, but we're the, we're the away team and. We, we should have won that game. We conceded really, really late on, like a 90-odd minute um, equaliser. So if you're judging the performances on the games, like exclude the top, top teams, you know, we're picking up points. I would suggest, if you asked me to predict the results, I would have put us to beat Plymouth and lose at Hull. But the points return would have been the same, you know. And if you look at the performance, we should have beaten Plymouth and we actually gave Hull a really good game. And we we deserved that result, you know. So that's why it was more disappointing to get battered by Leeds. But as you said, you can you can forget about that because of where those teams are in the league. Um it's definitely enough to pull ourselves out to this bad runner form. It's very unfortunate they've all come together and all in a period where a new manager's come in who's tasked to completely kind of reverse the playing style. We had Russell Martin playing a similar brand of football, what we're trying to do now. That got changed with Michael Duff. Fans were not happy with it. You know, it's not worked for us. We've got into a bad position in the league as a result. The board sacked him, kind of done a U-turn and backtracked, gone back to this old way of playing that we were doing for the last two seasons prior, which I'm sure you will remember from the last two seasons. But obviously the recruitment in between has not matched that because of the U-turns now happen, maybe not all the players are in line from this year's recruitment with that new mentality. Um, <clears throat> so he's he's kind of come in with a bit of a 
cauldron of the worst situation you could ask for. So there's got to be a little bit of, you know, you got to look at it the way it is. And he has had a really tough start to his, to his time here. And I mentioned the defence. So the big challenge is going to be against the runner fixtures now that you'd argue are a little bit less, um, a little bit more winnable and a little bit less difficult than the teams that we've just mentioned. Those defensive issues are a concern for me, but they are all the best attacks in the league at the same time. So are they still going to be as big concerns when we come up against yourselves? Maybe you probably have the quality there if you have a good day to probably do the same sort of things. But then we've got like a uh, games against Blackburn, Watford, Bristol, Cardiff, Sheffield Wednesday, QPR. These are the games now where you need to reverse that form, show that it was just a case of being against the tough teams and we can change it around. It looks like the team is bonding together well. Even though they're not getting the results, it looks like they're all playing uh, for the manager. It does look like they're trying putting the effort in and you know they're not giving up. They're not down in tools. All the signs are there in the press conferences and what was coming out of the club to say everyone's backing him really into this new uh, style of play. And you know we, we, heard, we heard that from when Michael Duff was here that the players didn't like the change. And they wanted to go back to more of a passing approach and keeping the ball. So a little bit of time maybe can be afforded, but the more time we are affording, you know, we are getting closer to the bottom. And I think the closer to the bottom three you get, the more pressure comes. So I do think he needs to start getting the wins now. It's 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 easy to say, right? We had the really tough teams. We were expected to lose. Okay. Now you have to go and back it up. So whether that starts away at Sunderland, maybe it's not the easiest one, but definitely one where we need to go and look to try and change it. But the next few games, definitely after that, in reality, we're playing all the teams bar Birmingham. Oh no, sorry, they they just got above us. But all the teams below us, we've yet to play second time. And much of the midfield, I believe we've played everyone in top six twice this season now. So it is in our hands to make a difference and move our way up the table. When you look at um, the podcast I've done recently, it just feels like this is a constant, really, and it's probably a, a symptom of football, so says the Sunderland fan, but almost every person I've done on a preview show recently has had a change in manager since we spoke at the start of the season or since I spoke yeah. to somebody else. And um, you touched a little bit on Mike Duff there. A really highly rated manager, but one that I didn't really understand at Swansea. And I think without touching on the manager we've just lost, sometimes you always feel like it, there's something a bit wrong with it. But... I know when we spoke last time, he was starting to pull out a couple of results here or there, but you weren't really fully convinced. In the end, he didn't convince anyone and he didn't convince the board, most importantly, and he was moved on. Um, yeah. But can you give me sort of the, the long and short of what happened from that Sunderland game and, and why it ended up being like untenable and, and he departed? Um, well, the, the long and short of it, the only game I believe that he won after that Sunderland game Actually, he didn't win a game after the Sunderland game. So that's, sorry, I was just looking at the results in front of me now. The next win afterwards was in the interim period. He, um, we beat Rotherham away. And I want to say that was Sheehan's first game in charge as caretaker boss. So he got sacked after one all draw to Huddersfield, who at the time we were kind of saying, right, that that's a must-win game, you know. So we'd gone four matches without a win before playing Huddersfield. At the time, Huddersfield were in the bottom three. And you're at home. And our home form this season has been 
tragic to say the least. So you've got to be winning those games, you know, and I just think it got untenable for him to remain in his position as manager. There's previous before that this season that kind of got into that situation. You are right in saying there was a run of fixtures that maybe bought him some time before we played yourselves the first time. There was four straight wins and then we lost we lost two before getting a win against Blackburn and then drawn against yourselves. So they started kind of going downhill again. But there was all all rumours coming out of the club of players were not happy with how he wanted to play. They were responsible for changing the formation to a more of a 4-2-3-1 at the time than the wing-back system, which wasn't working earlier in the season. They wanted to keep the ball a bit more and not be so um, over the top and route to one or whatever he was trying to do. We don't know the facts and the details about what was going on behind the scenes, but there was these murmurings that a group of lead-in players went to his office and were like, look, we're not happy with, with the way that we are approaching the season, basically. Uh, another part of it was the fact that, by all accounts, he didn't move to Swansea. That was a big deal in a lot of fans' eyes because he was travelling from the Midlands somewhere, wherever he was based. Um, and I think certain away games, he wouldn't even travel back on the team bus back back to Swansea and that sort of stuff coming out on Twitter and everyone's got an opinion then of me on that sort of thing. And you just can't... When the results are not coming in, those sort of rumours excel, the opinions around it excel, and they become reasons for why the form is the way it is. You know, how can the team be behind the manager when he's not even there on the bus on the way home? How how can he how can he understand Swansea when he's not even living here? No wonder we played so poor against Cardiff. He doesn't understand how important it is because he doesn't live in the city. All of this was just constant every single day. And I just think whether he could have turned around, I do think he's a good, I don't think he's a bad manager, you know, and I think he'll go to another team in the championship where he'll be able to get it right and have a good have a good time. But it just wasn't working out for him at Swansea. And I think the longer he was here, the louder the fan noise was going to get, the discontent, you know. If, if you're not playing away, the fans want you to, you've got to be winning and bringing success. And if you're not doing that, and then you're also playing a way that nobody wants, I think it's going to be very difficult for you to kind of have a prolonged stay. Do you feel, because we're coming off the back of an appointment that felt from day dot, never going to work. We were right. Did Mike Duff feel like that as well? Because I agree, I think he's not a bad manager, but like he yeah. never fitted Swansea. Like Swansea yeah. have an identity as a club. Like it's not the manager's identity. Like Russell Martin made total sense. Like yeah. Brendan Rodgers made total sense. Mike Duff was like, what? So it did feel like that when he was announced. And then I, I actually did a video with a Barnsley fan to get a bit of a insight in how how he approaches things and how he plays. Obviously, he did really well at Barnsley last season when he was there because of the playoff final. And from, from what he was saying, there was an opportunity for him to come and kind of like change, not change the way that Russell Martin played completely, but kind of like put his own spin on it. There might be some difference. It probably wouldn't have been as high possession. From what we thought after speaking to him, and I don't think he was necessarily wrong in what he was saying it obviously just didn't work out when it when it came to the nitty-gritty of it but it sounded like we were going to get a manager who would have respected the play style of passing football but was going to bring a more aggressive direct approach with it to couple it so 
whereas Martin, you would say, is very patient, passing it around the back and then back around the other side and then back around the other side until a gap appears, tire the other team out, get 78% possession. Maybe we would perhaps go down a bit in the 50s, 60s, but when we got an opportunity to run forward directly, that would be taken and we would be from back to front very quick, um, but also deploying a very high and aggressive pressing system that would also allow us to kind of play this, keep the ball, but further up the pitch. That's kind of what we were expecting to see. We saw that high press play out once or twice really well in a win against Norwich at home. It worked probably the best that I saw it under him. And when we when we won that game, it kind of felt like, oh, do you know what? Actually, maybe he can, maybe he can get us working and playing nice football and good football. Because after that match, I did feel positive about what he could do, but it just was never consistent, and it wasn't there after week in week out. Um, so there was a little bit of like concern when he was appointed. For us on the podcast, they were a bit eased when we spoke to the Barnsley fan. Um, but I think you are right that he would have been changing maybe his approach to suit us rather than suiting us coming in. And he perhaps just couldn't do that. And then when he came in to sit, when he was talking in the press conferences before the season started, you know, he was kind of downplaying Russell Martin and he was saying things. Russell Martin was very popular, you know. I think Russell Martin is a very clever manager in that not just what he does as a manager, but the way that he speaks in press conferences, the way that he builds a connection with the fan base. He says everything as a fan you want to hear, even when it's not going well. And we had a long period last season where it wasn't going well under him, but he still spoke in such a way that you could still back him for a longer time than you would back any other manager that's going through the same poor form. You know, he was probably quite close to getting sacked for, uh, by us, but it seems like he was able to prolong his his time in that bad run just because of how he is and the relationship he could build with the fans, but how clever he is in, in the media. And Duff was a complete opposite. And naive is the best word for it. But he would say things like, you know, I'm going to bring more goals and more direct, like we're going to have purpose as opposed to maybe what was here before. Like I'm paraphrasing, but kind of downplaying the fact that we just passed, saying we passed for the sake of it before, but now we're going to pass for purpose. It's kind of what he was saying. And there's big words to kind of say when, the other guy was very popular, playing a very attractive and popular brand of football. And then the other big thing that he said was um, ahead of the Cardiff match, which, which if anyone doesn't know, is the equivalent to Sunderland-Newcastle for us. And he just, he said in the, in the press conference, because we obviously didn't get a good start of the season. We, we didn't win for a while. And well, I don't think we won until after the Cardiff game, actually. And he said, I would rather lose to Cardiff twice and get promoted that beat Cardiff twice and not get promoted. And that did not go down well in the slightest, as you can probably imagine. So they're the two big examples of what he said in a press conference, but I kind of, it does line up with everything you just kind of said as concerns. And as an onlooker looking in, it's interesting to see that you could see that maybe he wasn't the right appointment and didn't match the style. And I guess, I think you said it in the reverse of this video we just did, on my channel that um, you kind of just back the manager when he's brought in and you get behind what he's trying to bring in. 
And as much as we might have thought when his name was, because I don't think he was one of the favourites when he was linked in a summer. No. Uh, we wanted, we did actually get linked with Luke Williams back then. And there was a couple of other names floated around. Chris Davis from Tottenham, who, well, he's a coach of Tottenham now. He wasn't at the time. He was free in the summer. We wanted him and we didn't get him. Probably should have, because that's when we could have, because now we tried to get him in January. He didn't come for whatever reason. Uh, so we missed the boat on that one, if you like. But and then Michael Duff kind of just came in. Now, there's another connection that now in hindsight, all the fans are linking it to this one person at the club's decision-making and are not happy with him. And that's Paul Watts, our director of football, who was at Luton previously. And they see this whole Michael Duff saga as his way of trying to replicate Luton's recent success in that he wasn't so interested in Swansea's history and style of play and all of that stuff, but he's using a data approach to bring success. Mm. Obviously, so Michael Duff is somebody that was going to be efficient in getting results um, and then backed him in a transfer market with 13 players to match this approach. And then we find ourselves in January where a lot of them have already gone off to loans or were linked with moves away or not getting in a team or not performing. And the whole summer has just turned into a bit of a mess now, which you can say when your manager's been sacked and half the players you signed either aren't playing or just haven't worked out, you know. But yeah, it's it's easy to say that looking back, isn't it? But, you know, it's just one of them where we're kind of in a bit of a mess now as a result of it. Your four points off relegation, you've come off a tough run, which we've touched on. But that doesn't matter when you're four points of relegation, you start to worry. And I think yeah. <clears throat> I think the big thing with this season is for a long time it looked like the bottom three were going to just perish because they were um for want of a better word, crap for the best part of a third of the season. And now we've suddenly shown levels of improvement. I wouldn't have looked before I did this podcast as Swansea being aside that I would be worried about relegation, but then I didn't realise how close you were to it. How worried are you about it at the moment? You know, I went on Talk Sport like a couple of weeks ago. It was before the five 0 defeat to Bournemouth, actually the same day. So at six o'clock, I was on on Talk Sport saying how we are not in a relegation battle, and we were gonna. I was very positive we were going to be safe. Do you know any words backfire straight away when you go and then get trounced five 0 by the Premier League team? But obviously, the the run of fixtures coming up after that wasn't complimentary in regards to trying to get some points on the board. As you mentioned earlier, I would much rather than being spread out with some winnable games in between, but it hasn't happened. And as a result of that, we are now in a quite precarious position, sitting above the relegation zone. And yeah, QPR and Sheffield Wednesday especially seem to be rallying. So I think there's two positions to play for, if you ask me. Look, I'm not 100%, I'm not overly concerned yet, but... We are on bad form, and ultimately that can affect confidence in the players. Maybe we've been really unlucky with the way the fixtures have fallen, but has the damage from that already been done to now go into these other games and they've got this in the back of their mind, you know? Is that going to affect performances? Is it going to be, have they got enough to have a bit of a fight if they need to have that bit of a fight? The longer we go without getting some points on the, the board, I think the more the anxiety will set in and the more I'll get worried. I'm sure the fans will get worried and if that seeps into the club and the manager and the the, the, the players. I think maybe what we got in our favour is everyone seems to be on board within the club 
with the manager, with the direction, with what he wants to do. And we have seen signs that it can work. You know, you don't go away and beat Hull if something's not going right. And as much as the other games haven't been as po- positive and promising as that, you've got to kind of take a bit of hope from that one result. You know, if that was a defeat, then I think it looks a whole lot worse because then we're on 33 points sitting just one point above, you know, so that's such an important win on on, on the face of it looking back. Um, I mean, maybe ask me next week if you beat us and, and QPR win their next game and maybe I'll have a different answer for you. But I do look at the remaining fixtures and think we have played all the dangerous teams now. We've got it in, on, in our own hands at this point in time. We should have enough about us to escape and the idea of the second half of the season should be to develop this new approach, re reintroduce this style of football into the club. And if you're going back to when Russell Martin implemented it, it does have a slow start. But after about eight, nine, ten games, you know, it does look a lot better and the results do start coming. Um, so in theory, if that is to be correct and we've got the hard games out of the way, they should start picking up some points in the next couple of weeks. Coming into the game on Saturday, you asked me how I feel about um, the fact that Michael Beagle's been sacked and that kind of cloud of darkness is it's gone away from Sunderland. But there's you know there's still some stuff that remains that is tough, and it's not been it hasn't been a great eight weeks um, or whatever it's been to be a Sunderland fan. Not the worst ever, but it's not been enjoyable. Now that Beagle's gone from the outside looking in, does that make Saturday harder or easier for you? I'll be honest with you, I would have rathered play you with him there because I don't know the ins and outs other than what you've told me today um, of what was going on. But you see certain things, you see a little bit of discontent. You saw, I think, earlier, before before Beal was there and I think when Mowbray was there, I thought you had a chance of playoffs. When that's now changed... You still got a chance to play off, so you had a chance to play off under Beal when he was here. But I would have probably said other teams definitely stronger after that appointment. I, I, from what I saw on the outside, all of a sudden Sunderland didn't seem as much of a difficult team to play um, because of. I think you were quite exciting and attacking. I know sometimes that doesn't work and you don't score, as you showed when it came down to us earlier this season. But it was always a case of they have got quality players who can do damage. And if they turn up, it's going to be a tough game. You know, we it's going to be a tough game. And, and the fact that you've got playoffs last season and you were kind of hovering in that area this season with potentially losing some of your strong players from last season showed that, you know, it's still danger there, you know. But under Beal and the results, they have fallen off a little bit. I know there's a period in the middle that they kind of picked up. But you do look at that and they say like, oh, do you know what, Sunderland, if they had, if you showed that all season, you're kind of in the midfield with the rest of us is what I would say. I think the midfield in the championship this year, as much as like we are at the bottom end of it, I don't think there's too much to choose between maybe even from Hull down, I'll be honest with you. Like Hull are in fifth at the moment, but you know, we we went and got a win there. We beat West Brom as well in our last game against them. So I feel like from Hull down, anyone could be anyone. We're all quite similar levels. Maybe injuries and who's available on the given match day can kind of put the the, the tips in your favour, if you like. And I think it's quite a competitive league when you take the top four out, basically is what I'm saying. They're yeah. kind of on their own and then there's everyone else. And yeah, you either fall at the top or bottom end of it. But yeah, 
that's what I think Sunderland are now. And knowing there was a little bit of discontent and seeing certain things on social media or online, coming out of this really torrid run of fixtures we have had, I wasn't too concerned to go away to Sunderland and try and get something to get us, even if it was a draw, to try and like, right, now, we need, now we've got a platform to move forward with these more winnable games, you know. Now you've sacked him, a bit worried about a new manager bounce, you know, or like if it was all this um, more negative style of play and whatever under him, are, are the shackles going to just be off now this weekend and we're really going to struggle? Because I mentioned our defence earlier on and you've got some players that can really exploit that if they're allowed to do that, if the style of play accommodates, say, with a bit of pace and playing through the line. We're going to have a high line, you know, and going away from home and at stadium such as yourselves, I think it's quite a dangerous game to play. If you get it right, it can work and we can really suffocate the opposition and then keep the ball. But if we get it wrong and you play a couple of nifty balls around the corner, you know, and we're just... I haven't seen so many opportunities of goals scored that I have in the last eight weeks where there's a player running through from the halfway line on our goal. You don't see that very often at this level and you shouldn't. But I've seen it a few too many times. And it's fine to say if it is, like I said earlier, against the top opposition of the league. So if we continue to see that, it's going to be a problem. But I feel like you've got the you've got the personnel to exploit those areas of weakness that we have shown with our high defensive line. That's not quite working out for us yet. I normally have two questions um, to end the podcast. But I'm just going to go with one because over the past, I don't know, four months, saying who you're most worried by gets the same answer. It's Jack Clark. Yeah. I know the answer. Um, so I'll just end on the usual. Uh, prediction time, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just the euphoria of the manager moving and kind of the cloud of darkness lifting a little bit. But um, we've been quite good at home this season, which is kind of what we weren't last season, to be honest. So I think it'll be tight. I don't think it's going to be a case of us like being completely dominant. I don't think we're going to like fly out the traps and get a goal straight away. I don't think we have the strikers to do that necessarily. But I do fancy us to win. I think we struggle to keep a clean sheet. You're not exactly the, the worst scorers in the league. So I'll take 2-1 Sunderland. And I feel that I'm saying that with a bit of confidence. In the past few weeks, I've said we're going to get beat with a lot of confidence. So I'll take 2-1, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. No, I think you'd be sensible to expect a win from this game. I think anyone... If we're going away, you know, above us in the league really needs to look at this as a game to win. Like if you're looking at getting back in the playoff hunt, then you've got to look at us coming up and say we have to win this game. And it's the flip for us, isn't it? We've got to look at it as we need to go and get something now. We've played the tough teams and we need to pull away from the bottom. You know, we need to try and make sure there's more teams in between us and then bottom three. So it looks like we are not the ones that are most in trouble. And that needs to start now. You know, we went away to Hull and we got a win there. So why can't we do it again? Hull are currently in the playoffs and and Sunderland are not, you know. So in theory, there's no excuse for us to not turn up and perform. So I'm going to say, I do think think it has been getting better, the performances, if you take the Leeds game out of it. The Ipswich game, as much as we conceded, especially the first goal, you know, we do need to stop conceding poor goals. Um, as much as it might be an element of luck there, it's, it's too often the same sort of things happening. That needs to get sorted. I don't think we'll have a clean sheet because of that reason. But I do think we're going to start scoring a few more. 
we've created quite a few opportunities. We've got quite an exciting winger in Ronald, especially who's come in, and he is um, he has been a breath of fresh air. So the more heat settled he gets, I'd expect to see him creating more. And eventually, some of the chances that he has been making for the likes of Yates and who keeps apparently missing them, um, he will start putting them in. So I'm going to say a draw. Don't know whether a good one or two. I'll say two all just because I think you've definitely got the op- the potential to cause us issues with defence. And I think it's about time that we start putting a little bit more of our chances away. So I'm going to say two all for this one. I would take a point. I'd be over the moon with a point from this one because as I said it kind of gives us a platform into this this better run of fixtures that we can really start to maybe look up instead of looking over our shoulder Luke thanks as always for joining me mate great to catch up over an hour as we always do um, yes. hopefully everyone else has enjoyed it as well but uh, I wish you no luck this coming weekend but <laughs> following the weekend of course as always mate have a, a good rest of the season and I hope you uh, stay up yeah, I hope that if you do miss out on the playoffs, we are to catch up again next season. Um, I get the feeling we might. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, as always. Pleasure, mate.